RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Happy Friday, everybody. What's going on? It's Friday, and it's 2019. Today is uh, actually the 8th. We're recording this show for this Friday. Um, I hope you guys are... uh, uh, have had a wonderful holiday time frame, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year. You guys should all be fat as shit by now. Um, is pretty much the way that that whole game works. Um, I lost a bunch of weight and then I went out to California uh, for my brother's wedding and I ate like a maniac and ate stupid. So I'm kind of uh, recovering at this point right now. I've been sick for the last couple of days. Uh, my brother, who is a wonderful human being, um, has bypassed the teaching phase of his child when he forgets to tell him to cover his goddamn mouth. The kid is cute as a button. He's an awesome human being. He is a wonderful, wonderful child. But cover your goddamn mouth. So I have what I'm affectionately calling the JBD cold. Um, So that's what I have right now. Um... So I'm trying to get through this. I've got to work and tape all week long. I'm heading up to Boston. Um, so if you're hearing this right now, I'm actually in Boston. Uh, when you're listening to this right now, I'm in my office in Philadelphia, but I will be in Boston all week. So I'm pretty excited about that to get up there. Um, this is that super secret project that I've been working on that I'm unable to speak of um, at this time frame, but I'm really excited to get up there. It's going to be a great um program program not really sure what to call it because i'm not allowed to talk about it um because we're still on the dl but it's going to be a great thing that we're going to do this week up there in boston um hopefully i'll get to see some of my buddies my uh my my, you know little jason santos some chris coombs some kim ring you guys remember kim ring santos has yet to be on I think he's waiting to finalize his bar rescue thing because if you're on bar rescue, you are not allowed to be on my show. Um, So once you're done being on bar rescue, then you can do whatever the fuck you want because you're not under the thumb of um, of uh, the host of the show. So once they leave the show, that's when they come to me and then we can chat and kind of find out everybody's world. So this week. Like I said, I'm going to be up in Boston. We're doing a really cool project up there um, that I'm pretty excited about and uh, get to work with um, a pretty badass chick who is an Emmy winner. Um, She is also an old, uh, not retired, but she was an old sportscaster, Um, news anchor, sports anchor. I don't know what you call them when they do all that, but she was down in uh, um, Baltimore. She was up in Boston and New York. So I'm pretty stoked to get up there and work with her for the week. Callie was uh, was a was pretty much a great week. Had a blast out there. Um, the girls and I checked in. We got it. We flew out on. I guess we flew out on like a Thursday morning. Um, 
super great flight. You all know my love affair with American Air. So um, they, they treated us well, as always. And then uh, we got out there. We crashed at my brother's house. Um, and then the next day, we went to the hotel. So we stayed at the uh, a little uh, Hilton over in, in Culver City. Chilled out for a little while. Had a pretty low-key week. I got to see a bunch of friends. Well, not too many. But I got to see a couple buddies of mine while I was out there um, and got to eat, man. We got to eat some good food. So I was driving down Washington um, through coming into Culver City, and we found a bunch of taco trucks. So literally just pulled over to the side of the road, grabbed a bunch of tacos, banged them out. We had some uh, – what do we have? We had some beef neck. Um, I did a little carnitas. We did some chorizo. Um, and then my daughter was eating the beef neck as well. How crazy is that? My 17-year-old eating beef neck. I love it. I love that they're a little bit aggressive. So um, it's pretty cool to watch that. Um, you know, I look at kids all the time when they go to eat and they're like, I don't like, I don't want. And the parents just kind of succumb to them and make them whatever they want. And look, I make my girls whatever they want as well. But I don't make three different dinners. Um, I ask the girls what it is that they want to eat. And my world is really simple. We always have to try something, even if you've had it 50 times before. So you may not like spinach the 49 ways that I've already cooked it, but today might be the day. So the only thing that I ask of my girls is that they try to taste everything, um, which is one of the reasons why my girls are a little bit more aggressive with eating than most um, pho, ramen, sushi, um, that sort of stuff is pretty high up on their radars when we go out to eat. So it's always kind of a, what do you guys want to do? Let's do Main Street Pho. Let's do Chew Noodle down in the city. Or let's do like Hikaru um, Sushi. So it all kind of depends on what their moods are. But that's kind of the deal that we do. When I cook at home for the girls, um, I do fun stuff. Like I try to make good soups and stews and Little things like that so they can kind of learn some of the technique behind that. Um, HelloFresh was a sponsor for a while of the show, and we did a bunch of stuff with HelloFresh. It was awesome. And then my daughter loved it. So I think I may kind of get involved in HelloFresh again, maybe on my own, unless, I don't know, we should talk to the producers at RadioInfluence.com and find out if we can get them back on as a sponsor because I love their stuff, man. You know, even as a chef, the way they break it down, um, it's all broken down into in, into individual, you know, measurements. So it's all right there for you. You know, you want to play around a little bit, go for it. I change up some of the techniques, you know, like they were doing a pork chop that wanted to be, you know, they, they asked you to sear it and then finish it off in the oven for 20 minutes. And like, I don't play that game. Um, I, I seared it off and I show Fiona kind of how to, how to cook it that way. So um, I have been, when I drive, I had to drive up to New York um, all yesterday, actually, to go up and pick up the dog. Um, a friend of mine was watching her over the last 10 days. My friend's got like 10 acre, four acres up there. Honey just runs around with her pup. Um, and they're like best friends. They've known each other pretty much their whole lives. Um, so honey gets up there. Um, I drove up and when I drive, man, I get so much work done. I was doing podcasts. I was listening to podcasts. Um, I was talking on the phone. Had some great conversations. I want everybody to know that Nightclub and Bar is happening in March. And I really want you guys to go out there and check it out. Um, there's some fun stuff that's going to be going on at the show this year at the Food and Beverage Innovation Center. I've got some unbelievable chefs coming out there like Jason Santos, Chef Kev D. 
We've got David Rose who's coming out as well, as well as some of my other friends like Michelle, like um, uh, Kayla Robeson and um, uh, Keith Breedlove. He's going to be out there. So we've got some good guys that are coming out this year. Um, we had to kind of chill out on some of the other guys. Nick Liberato just had a baby. Chad Rosenthal's opening up another restaurant. Um, Panini Pete's doing a bunch of stuff as well. Matt Vargas having babies. So it's kind of like that natural progression um, of everybody. So we're going to have a lot of fun. But what we're going to be doing for this week is my guest this week is uh, a friend of mine. She and I have known each other for about, should I guess, six years now? It's got to be six years um, since we've kind of been friends. So I uh, love this woman. She is a wonderful chef. She's a huge personality. She's a beautiful individual. And she's just a good friend. Every time I talk to her or I see her, she's always got a smile on her face. Um, she's always uh, kind of happy and uh, you know, chatty, and she's just a really, really cool chick. So, um, so we're going to kind of go right into that. I hope that you guys enjoy the conversation that we're about to have. So, ladies and gentlemen, do me a huge favor and welcome to Duffified Live, Chef Michelle Ragusis. What's up, lady? Yo, what's up, big guy? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Good, I miss you. I know it's been a year. Can you believe though how fast it comes? It's like boom, it takes forever, and then I'm like, holy yeah. crap, we're gonna be there in like three weeks. I, I love know. this weekend, that weekend. It is. It's one of my like. I have a couple of really, really cool. Who the hell is calling me? My dog. My dog trainer's calling me. I can't talk to him right now. Um, oh my God. I, uh, it's one of my, I do a bunch of really cool events every year and this is one of my top, one of my top three. Yeah, me too. I mean, I love it so much. I'm not as fancy as you guys like going to Mexico and shit. Oh, whatever. You should join in on that. It's super fun. I would love, you want to, I would love to just tell me when I'll get you in on it. I, um, am literally going to Mexico right after. I always go right after. I'm only going to do like a little four day to get people pumped up about the April festival. So it's, it's fun. Well, that's pretty cool. I usually, my vacation is like April. I got to get out of town during right. April. April's a good one. It's a good one to get out of town. I'm on forever vacation right now. I know what's so so first off Michelle why don't you do me a favor tell me who you yeah. are what you do and how we can get in contact with you okay so I am Michelle Regustus I am a chef but now Brian I I've been an executive chef for god like 22 23 years and now I am just a private personal chef so cooking for anyone and everyone um and you know people can email me my emails mregustus uh, 34 at Gmail and people can follow me on Instagram. It's chef Michelle one L Facebook, just Michelle Regustus. Um, and so, you know, all of a sudden at 48 years old, I was like, I can't run restaurants anymore. I'm, I'm like, my life is passing me by something just clicked. I was like, I'm not even a chef anymore. I'm like a boss of people who don't want to work. And you know the restaurant business. It's really difficult. Just you know, in my twenties, I was like, you know, this like egotistical kind of not egotistical, but you're a young chef coming up, and you you have to have chops, right, to get where you want to be. And then in my thirties, I started to just you know really create my craft and hone that in, and and 
and really focus on that. And in my 40s, I started to go, holy shit, I'm 48 years old and I don't see my family. I don't see my friends. And and so I quit and bought a house, which yeah. I don't know. That's, kind of, that's a little crazy. But now I live in Kingston, New York, so I'm in the Hudson Valley. Cool. And uh, I'm just private chefing and, you know, working on a book and working on a TV show with our girl, which we're sure we're going to talk about. You know, our girl. Lover, right? Who's Mary our girl? Man, I are you kidding me, Watts? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's crazy. She was. So, I I remember. I remember that movie, and we're talking about a movie called Some Kind of Wonderful, and yeah. Mary Stuart Masterson was in it, and her name was Watts, and she was in yeah. love with the redhead guy. His name was Eric. Yeah, His Eric real name. Stoltz. Eric Stoltz, who also yeah. played Mask. He was oh, Mask. He was yep, Rocky yep. Dennis in Mask. And there is one scene where Mary Stuart Masterson is in like her drum cave or whatever, and she yeah. goes to town. I remember recording that on a yeah. tape deck so that I could listen to it all the time. I used I to listen to that when I would wrestle. That's how young yeah, I was. So it was like eight, nine, so ten, crazy. ten grade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about fried green tomatoes? I mean, like, see, but, never but no, I did see it. But to me, oh, okay, like okay, okay. some kind of wonderful was such an iconic, like an iconic movie at that time frame. Yeah. And Benny and June. Her. Benny and June. Wow. I forgot about yeah. that. With, I know. Uh, who was that? That was, who was Benny and June? That was. Uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. She was great. I loved her. And and it was so funny when I saw your picture the other day. Well, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you were like, um, what is going? Is that very dramatic? I love her. <laughs> She's the best. So Listen, so it's so crazy how this happened. Okay. Can so, you tell me? All right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm in Provincetown and we, where I used to work when I was in Provincetown, we um, we did the food fest, uh, the food festival for the Provincetown Film Festival. So okay. we would do the food, you know. Whatever. And so this woman, Cassandra, who ran the events, I met, and we just became friends. And when I moved to Kingston, someone told her I was here, and she called me and was like, "No way!" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, come over for a barbecue, like, right? Uh, we'll just eat and talk." And she came over, and I was like, "Why are there no TV shows in the Hudson Valley? One, it's beautiful." Yeah. Right. It's like the Napa of the East Coast. I mean, it really is stunningly gorgeous up here. And and then we started hashing out a few ideas. And um, and then she works really closely with Mary because Cassandra owns a company called Edgeworks, which is um, a graphics design animation kind of company. So okay. she's worked with Mary. And we started talking about a few ideas and then we ran it. She was like, let's just meet and have drinks. And I'm here's me going, oh, okay. Yeah. Hang out with, you know, I'm looking at Mary like she's Iggy from freaking fried fish tomatoes. Right. And we had dinner and we got along and we had, we were on the same vision path of, of this show that we want to do. And next thing I know we're shooting and we shot for three days. Oh my God, that's awesome. And so now we are in the editing process. It's almost done. We're about three weeks away from starting to shop it. Wow. And so I, I can tell you a little bit about it. I mean, I can't tell you everything. There's some secrets. But it really is more or less a show. It's not about um, chefs. It's almost a discovery journey on myself and what 
what food, how food can pretty much heal people, save people, what it means to people, how it takes people on the journey, whether it's this love relationship with food or a hate relationship food, right. you know, whatever it is that, how we can almost, I, I mean, I keep saying save the world through food, but it's more about people's journeys, not my, you know, it started with my journey of like quitting my job and moving to the Hudson Valley and discovering almost myself in a whole brand new way. You know, you're, you're, when you're an adult and you start to figure out, wow, I'm 40, now 49, <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? Because I have always been a restaurant chef and, right. you know, I do a lot of television and I love doing television. I'm like very passionate about it. And, and I think it gives you a platform to really help people. Sure. So, you know, at 49, that's kind of where you get. Yeah. You know, and um, and then it's just kind of morphed into this really cool thing where, uh, I mean, I, I, I literally just saw a trailer of it like two weeks ago, and it was almost finished, and I had, I got goosebumps. And, you know, you just know when, when things are going to work. Sure. I just know this thing is going to, like, skyrocket. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm super yeah. happy for you. Thank you. I'm, that's pretty cool. Pretty stoked. Yeah. So, so right now you're doing what? You're filming a proof of concept, or you guys are doing a full episode? Well, so we have the full episode if needed, but we pretty much are just shop. We're going to shop a trailer. You know, cool. she's doing nice. all the shopping, and and uh, once it's ready, they'll they'll take it where it needs to go. And since you know, it's kind of it's actually very cool that we've partnered because she's my director. It's not nothing. She just wants to direct the show and she's really big on food, really big in the Hudson Valley. So she also opened up a nonprofit called stockade works to bring more filming and more money to New York state because all the film industry goes to Canada. So you guys should do a podcast. Jerry's the shit. So Jerry and Jason who own radioinfluence.com, Those are the guys who do my show. But they also do... Jerry, how many other shows do you guys do? Uh, we've got 22 right now. 22 podcasts wow. that they do. Plus, they've got two locations down in uh, Tampa and St. Pete's where you can go and record your own podcasts. Oh, that's always fun because, Jerry, I need some freaking sunshine in my life. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> help me help you. <laughs> help me help you because if I wake up one more day and it looks like I should be going right back to bed, I mean, I swear to God, right now it looks like it's 5 o'clock at night. <laughs> I can't. It's gray. I'm like popping the vitamin D like it's candy. I know. It's gray out and it's, it's just not nice. Well, what it's sucks is I was, in, I was in L.A. for nine days, ten days. And then yeah. we went, well, really six days. Then we went up to Ojai for three for my brother's wedding. Oh, nice. I woke up on Thursday morning in Ojai, and it was 41 yeah. degrees outside. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it was cold. Yeah, but LA was sunny? cold. Well, the sun was kind of behind the buildings, and it's like this place where we stayed is called Ojai Valley. And if you ever get a chance, it's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Right. It's right in the right in the right in the mountains, and it's like an hour and twenty five, an hour and a half outside of LA, north. Yeah, um, just a beautiful area. And uh, yeah, I gotta check it out. It's awesome up there. I love it. You know, I mean, I haven't been traveling much because I'm not working. So here's that that weird catch twenty two, right? You go to work, you get a paycheck. I mean, we all right. know, but but as chefs, we are there. For like Brian, I mean, seriously, I was working almost ninety hours a week. Oh, I know. And I was just like, "What? I don't understand. I'm not. I'm like, I'm unhappy." And it, it kind of almost, it just 
broke me. And you know me, I'm like, woo, I'm just happy-go-lucky. Right. And now I may be poor, but I am happy-go-lucky again. And I was like, to a point where people would go, there's the chef. And I would like throw a baseball cap over my head because I didn't even want to talk to people. I was so like exhausted and broken down of like doing it. So now, did- now I'm in a quest. I did that in my place when I had my place in Philly. I fucking hated it, Michelle. Like I I never, and I've got, I've got some cool properties. Like I've got a place down in North Carolina that I love, you know, I'm involved in a couple of uh, like different projects around the country. I hated walking through the front door. Me? I don't, I don't wonder if everybody, I want to know how many chefs out there really feel that way because you know, you're all, I'm also in this stage of 49 where I'm like, wow, my life is really flying by and I want to make the most of what I have. Yeah, What the fuck happened there? All of a sudden we did like it hit me a couple weeks ago. Yeah. How old are you? Are you 49? Mm. I'm 47. Okay. So, right. I mean, I'm almost freaking 50. I know. (laughs) I know. Right. The board, I, right. 47, 48, 49. It's the new, whatever, 30. I feel like I'm in my twenties. I don't even, I don't even think I look like I'm 49, but I don't know. There's that. There's also that scary part where you're like, uh, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Because I've done nothing but cook. And the right. private chefing game is good. It's fun, but I don't know if it's really what I want to do. It's I mean, I'm not doing it for food. like. A, it's a lot of work. But I'm not doing it for a family. I'm doing it for like just random people that call me and are like, hey, we want a party of six. And that's cool because yeah. I don't want to be owned by a family either who's like, you know. I've had also some friends who have worked for a lot of celebrities that are like, your life is gone. And I don't want oh, that totally. anymore. No. Yeah. So that's that's the whole the game plan is, um, and God willing, the show gets picked up and I can do what you're really passionate about. And I love filming. I mean, you know, it's fun. Well, you know, I you're think, on location all day. It's, yeah. I think one of the big things like with private being a private chef, like, yeah. I mean, look, I was in, I've, I've been in restaurants my whole life. I mean, I started working as a dishwasher at 14 years old. I was a bus boy and yeah. you know, like I worked my way through it, but I started to realize, especially as I started to do more demonstrations, I started to do a lot more TV and then I started yeah. to have people reach out like, Hey, we would love to have you cook. Now I don't do any private, private dinners anymore. I eliminated them. It was taking yeah. like six months to book them. People were getting pissed off because it wasn't happening yesterday. My schedule yeah. takes precedent uh, to the dinner. Like I would cancel dinners all the time and I would have people that would pay. Like I, I only did them for charities and I would have people right. that paid a lot of money and I would just feel bad because it wasn't yeah. their fault. You know what I mean? But I just couldn't, I didn't I fucking hate doing them. But the other thing was if you're not in a restaurant, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It is you know, a pain in the ass cooking at, in your house. Yeah. Holy shit. I would literally prep, cook, and like run out the door and probably drive two hours. And I would come home and be like, what the hell happened in my house? And then you're yeah. cleaning your house. Yeah, it's not like you have dishwashers around and you have a dish room. And I mean, yeah, it's hard. You're right. You it is. Really that difficult. shit home and you got to wash it. Like, what yeah, the it's fuck? Yeah, pain in the so, neck. I know. This is, we're just That's bitchy. Where we're right old, now. bitchy what people. Do I do? We're old, bitchy people. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm trying to do, I just did a big charity with my friend Plum and you know Plum, right? Love Plum. He was on. Okay. So he's great. So we just did uh, a charity for the Navy and we just cooked for the Navy, which was awesome. Now were you guys on, were you stateside or were you guys overseas? 
Oh, no, we were here. We were in the Navy base in Connecticut. I, I want to go on the mess list. I keep talking to Pete, but it's really hard for me to go. And it's funny that you're going to say, how is it hard for you? Because you're not working. But he asked me to just do one of the tours. And I'm like, I'm in Mohegan and Mexico. And every year he asks me at the same time. And I'm like, damn it. And every time he seems to ask, I'm always have it's. You know how life is funny like that? You can have two months of nothing to do. And then all of a sudden everything comes at once. I wish What's I had that two happen? months. I would love two months. No, you would look. It's been it's it's been a, officially one year. I'm out of work, and I'm starting to now go a little like, uh, all right, what do I do with my days? How do I fill my days? That's yeah. not that's 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 pretty tough, right? Now, like, do you do you have a routine? Well, I mean, I do. I get up. I have coffee, like everyone else. I walk my dog. I spend a lot of time with my dog, who's now 11, and it's like my oh, child. So that's one thing I'm really grateful for, that I get to spend time with my dog. Um, and then I will run errands or whatever I have to do. I cook a lot at home. Like, I cook for myself, so that's really good. I have a couple clients that I will cook for during the week, nothing major. And, um, no, I read and watch a lot of television and, and chill and just – I feel like – and I, I, you know, even as I've gotten older and, you know, here's this going to sound kooky. You're going to hang up and be like, that's not the girl I know. Uh, I became a little bit spiritual, right? You start to hit this time in your life where you're like, whoa. And this is where I really feel like I'm getting the time to rest. It's almost like I feel like I've heard a voice that say rest, relax now because it's all about to go. You know, you're in this industry for how long? Like we, you and I have both been doing television for, I don't know. I mean, 12, 13, 14 years. 16. Okay, 16 for you. That's crazy. And I love doing it. Like, well, yeah, I guess that's the next chapter. Yeah. And books. And I really want to do it, though. I want to do, I just want to help people. That's where I want to go with this. I don't want to go with it for ego or fame or any of that. I really just, I found this, like, I love doing charity and I love giving back. And it's really hard to give back on a big scale without a platform. Sure. Nobody wants Absolutely. to listen. And that blows my mind a little bit. That if and if someone out there wants to really help and really do good, it's it's like that catch twenty two. You have to have money to do good. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah, I could go to my I local agree. SBCA and and like you know, I always donate myself off everything, make a wish, whatever. But I want to do bigger. I, I don't want to just go and do a dinner for eight people. I want to do one for uh, cook with a, a bunch of chefs for twenty thousand people. Yeah, you know, but it's 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 hard. So it's that. I'm in that sort of weird space in my life, you know, that I think a lot of people hit that don't, they don't really talk about. Well, especially in this industry, because I mean, you're, are you saying you're single? Yes. Okay. So am I. So it's like, you know, you're in this weird kind of flux. Like my girls, yeah. like, I mean, I have, I have girls. So my girls are 17 yeah. and, and 15. So I've only got a couple years left. You know, I just yeah. got a dog. So I got a seven month old puppy. Yeah, she's pretty uh, badass. We got her at 11. You drive a Jeep months. like me. We are Jeep people, yes. That's right. I love my Jeep. But me there's too. that. I do like, but see, for me, I think, like, I enjoy my time. I yeah. enjoy my time. I enjoy my time alone. Yeah, yeah, me too. A lot. 
you know, here's the thing, right? Because people always say, a lot of people will always go, how are you single? Why are you single? And I'm like, okay, that's the weirdest question to me that anyone could ever ask someone is why are you single and how are you single? I don't understand that. It's almost insulting and yet it's not, but it's like, I don't know. I've wasted a lot of time with some people that maybe I shouldn't have been with or weren't good in at 49 years old. I enjoy my time with my dog and, you know, watching movies, hanging out with my friends. I don't want to waste my time. She has to be the right girl or it's not right. Why waste your time? No, I agree. So many people kind of just start dating people because they're like, I don't want to be alone. I am so okay being alone. There is a book that I want you to read. Hold on. I think it's an article. I'm going to tell you real quick. Hold on. Let me pull it up that I believe in. Fuck. Yes. So there's a book called Fuck Yes, Fuck No. It's written by, by a guy named Mark, Mark Manson. And it's and it's okay. it's really just a very simple. This was written in 2013. It's not a book. Yep. It's a nine minute read. Think about this for a okay. moment. Why would you ever choose to be someone who with someone who is not excited to be with you? There's a gray area in dating. Many people get hung up on a gray area where feelings are ambiguous or one person has stronger feelings than the other. This gray area causes real tangible issues like there's weird shit that's out there. Like, you know, when you when you meet somebody and you really like them, but you're not getting the same thing back from them, like walk the fuck away. I I understand. That's so funny. Okay, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's funny. I just did this, like, one day I woke up and I was thinking about, you know, our little voice inside, your gut feeling, whatever anybody wants to call it, God, spirituality. It's always freaking right, right? Your instinct is always right. And that was what I I made a video on. I I literally couldn't help myself. And I was like, listen, when you start dating someone, you know, you know instantly it is not going to work. But you like them. Either one likes one or the other, but you stay anyways. I just did it this summer. I was I dated a girl for like four months. I dug this chick, but I knew I, in my heart of hearts, I just knew it was not going to work and it didn't work, but I had a really good summer, but it right. still didn't work. And so it's, did I waste that time? You know, that's the question. Do you, are you I don't think you time? did. Or, I, I don't I think, think I did so. either. Cause I had fun. Yeah. It was a really good time, but it is true. Like, why do we, why do we do that? When you know, you know, everybody knows. That's the one thing. That's another thing. I don't think we pay attention. We as human beings, people are running around and their lives are freaking flying by. Nobody's stopping to go. Am I even happy? Yeah. Like, I mean, I did it. I, I did it. Like, you know, who quits their job and buys a house? That's freaking crazy. I got to be <laughs> psycho woman. <laughs> what the hell? But I was like, I worked really hard for so long. I saved money and I need a place to call home. Like I need a home. Yeah. <laughs> Not just like, you know, I did go through this weird thing where I was like, maybe I should go to like Italy and Greece. I was looking up, how am I going to take my dog and I'll go to Italy for a month? Cause I'm Italian Greek. So, you know, I'm like, I'll go to Italy for one month. I'll go to Greece. And then I was like, okay, Michelle, and then what? You're going to blow all your money and then have to right. go back to work. And then I was like, maybe I'll get a this is This is what I think chefs do when they start to go, uh, when they go a little cuckoo or like, you know, changing their lives. And I was like, maybe I'll buy a trailer, throw it on the back of my Jeep, and I'll just drive cross country. And, and I, hate to, I know a few people who are doing that right now. And I'll go to every national park and like, okay, but then what are you going to do when you run out of money? Right. You know, so... I then realized just buy a house, buy some property, get 
chill out with your dog, live life. I, I, and I live in an awesome neighborhood. A guy across the street's a chef, and we have block parties, and I have a built-in pool, so I lay in the pool a lot. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a hot and tub? And I do not have a hot tub. I need a hot tub. I know. Do I really, though? It's fake cold. I do. Why would I use that? I, I don't give do, a shit. Oh, I'm not, I, need, I need one for me. I'm kind of speaking out of turn here. I need a hot do tub. Do you have one? No. You don't have one. You're going to get one? Yeah. Wait, you live in Philly, right? I do. I live in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Do you love it? No. Mm, I mean, we're kind of close there, Brian. I live here because, one, this is where my parents grew up. Or not, no, let me rephrase that. This is where my parents right. raised us. Two, yep. I live here because my girls. You know, right. my girls go to school here. This is where all their friends are. For me... My whole joke all along for the last bunch of years has been I want to I, I need to go get the mail on a quad. <laughs> Dude, I'm that's it. So I don't need I love like that so much. I want a couple of goats. I want some chickens. I want oh a God, nice little like plot where I can me. grow some fucking tomatoes. Like Hell that's yeah. really because I work my balls off. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like I flew 100,000 miles last year. I don't have a relationship. And actually I wanted to talk more about that relationship stuff because I think that I think one of the biggest things that I find is that it's almost like nobody really wants to get into it. Like, don't get me wrong. I I, I have dated some wonderful, wonderful women, but they're, they're too far. You know, I I dated a wonderful woman who lives in San Diego. She was amazing, but she lives in San Diego. And the big joke between us is, and we're still very good friends. We talk all the time, but the big joke is 20, 26, 95, 2,695 miles. You can't have a quality relationship. You cannot, you can't. And you're right. And I say it all the time and you will understand this because you're do. I mean, even though you're home more now, but yeah. you know, if I were, if I worked in an office nine to five, first off, you yep. wouldn't date me if I worked in an office nine to five, cause I'd be a boring <laughs> fuck. Not that there's anything wrong for anybody out there who works nine to five. I personally, this is a personal statement. Don't get all fucking, don't get everybody's panties in an uproar. <laughs> I'm making a statement about me that I would be boring yep. as fuck. But if right. I worked nine to five, Monday through Friday, had my kids every other week, you know, like seven days on, seven days off, you know, I could fly out to San Diego on a Friday, fly back home on a Sunday night. You do it the next weekend. Like that could happen. Yeah. But I don't have that life. You know, I, I get don't. It. I mean, I I, know. you know. I just don't. I dated a woman in New York. You almost have to meet somebody who is close to you, who is, I mean, and this is like, good luck. Super chill. You totally did you. She totally did you. And she doesn't do shit that you're gone all the time. And she's into her own thing. Like, there's also that, like, that, I mean, I don't know. It happens with lesbians. I don't know if it happens with straight people, but I'm always like, I have to date a girl who totally has her own thing. Do not yes. bring her entire life into me after coming. I'm the same way, though. All, yeah, like, I want to I know what you're doing. Like, I want you to be freaking intelligent and smart and passionate about things. Like, yeah. not just me. I want you to be passionate about me, but I want you to be passionate. Like, you know, the, the you all thing is not a joke with gay women. I mean, what's, it's for real. What's the like, I think thing? people who, oh, okay, so, you all think it's like women meet each other and they literally are you all moving in in like three weeks and (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching you know i'm watching right now i'm watching a bunch of gay couples get divorced 
Oh my God! Why? Because because it was the it was oh, we fuck it we're illegal now we can go and do this let's go get married. Yeah. And now it's like well now we're gonna get divorced because we made a mistake and you know my sister my sister is she's 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 the full blown fag hack. Across yeah. the board, we go to the gay bars. I love a gay bar. I'm just going to let you know right off the bat. I'm not trying to get. I'm not yeah. trying to hook up. I just. Wait, you know why? Did we go to one in Rhode Island? Did we? Did, did we, we ever go? We did. Fuck Me yes, we Mark, did. did yeah, we Absolutely. Did. And I would get got dra- my fucking ass grabbed, and somebody <laughs> grabbed my junk. <laughs> Full blown drag. So we funny. Yeah, my shit. Show, right? <laughs> yeah. All what? All of a sudden, I'm, you're going to turn me gay after four cocktails? It's not going to happen. <laughs> I know. I don't know why that happened. That was Although so I funny. Who was that? How about that hottie little chick that we were talking to? I know. I, that was so fun. She was awesome. That was a she, really cool event. She got freaked out though. Something, somebody in our group freaked her out. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't me. No, I don't think it was you. It wasn't me because I wasn't like hitting on her. Maybe it was David. It was, let's just blame everything on David. That fucking picture. So just so everybody knows, Michelle, David Rose, and um, Jennifer Bemlazini, we all did a charity dinner. By the way, do you know that that girl got adopted? Did she tell you that? Yes. Okay. Which was fantastic. That so we yeah, yeah, yeah. did a that charity night. dinner in her super tiny, awesome little restaurant. They did an amazing job. And then we, we all went out afterwards. And... We got fucked up. <laughs> Holy shit. We were so wasted. Wait, what was the name of, what's the burger place? Oh, so we went to Haven Brothers. Which right? wasn't that good. And remember, which wasn't that good, but when I was young, it was good. And I don't know if you remember this part because we were so fucked up, but there was a picture of Adam Richman eating and I texted him and went, I, I shot the picture. I took a picture of the picture and sent it to him. And wow. he was like, look out because you guys are all going to have the poops. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know who was on my show on this show a couple of weeks ago? Was uh, Adam? Oh, no, Casey. Uh, Casey Webb's the new host of Man vs. Food. Oh well, see, there's another thing. I don't watch cable anymore. Well, I don't have TV. Right. Oh, well, good for him though. That's cool. He's a great oh, guy. I'm a big Adam fan. See, I never, I loved Adam. I always did. I thought he was great, and I loved him chubby. I love him thin. I've tried to get him I on the too. show because his agent, we share an agent together, but he won't reply. Right. He, he, I like, maybe you can set us up because he just will yeah, not talk to him. get him. I'm and I love what he does now. I really have enjoyed watching his Instagram and his Twitter over the last yeah. two years. So. You know, it's funny. They're saying like, I, I mean, even like the cable thing. I, I totally got rid of cable, right? Because I was like, why am I paying so much money with Amazon, Netflix, Hulu? You can watch everything for twenty two ninety five. Whatever you want anymore. You can watch whatever you want, and I got to tell you, it's better. Like, I can't. I should never say this because I would take a show on Food Network, so it's not like I hate them. But I, I don't like the shows anymore. Then, and the Netflix to me, it goes for millennials or people who want to learn or watch something. Not somebody who just. And I, I don't mean this. This is just my opinion. Somebody who wants to watch fucking a chicken breast rolled in like uh, Cheerios, you know, or a competition. Like, come on. People, there's real food out there. There's a food crisis and, and the animals we use and no one talks about it. So that's why I'm a, I'm a way, I'm a big fan of Netflix are you, and hopefully my show goes that way. Are you a vegetarian? I am not. So, but I, I will tell you, no, I'm a Greek Sicilian. I like, no, yeah, are you fucking kidding me? I can't. 
are you kidding me? But I do. And here's something that has happened to me. So, you know, when I was young, I would, as a chef, I would just order food. I had food costs. I was worried about everything. And so, of course, you don't order the best food or you order from the big companies, which I now don't like. But I'm not going to say them because, you know, it's not my place to say. I don't like Cisco either. Me neither. I don't have a problem saying that. No offense. They can't walk through my... They walk through my door. I'm like, go, just turn around. You don't I'm even a have U.S. To like- food chef's warehouse guy. Right. All right. So I'm not even that. Right. I go even further. And the only reason I do it is because, right, I don't have a restaurant, but when I was like, chefing, they were at huge restaurants, and my boss was, quite frankly, scared of me. And he was always like, just do whatever you want. And yeah. I didn't really have to worry about food costs. So I was like getting cows from upstate New York and, you know, having them break them down. And I was getting chickens that were so expensive, but the guy from a town over and that the guy would feed them three different clovers. So my point of the story is, cause that's boring is that just as I got to be an older chef, I, I started to, I care about the animals because I love the animals. And we all want them to have the one bad day, right? We have what? a responsibility and that's the, and unfortunately yeah. there's, and I don't know what they're teaching in culinary school now. I'm on the board for my culinary school, but when you fly yeah. 100,000 miles, you never make it to meetings. Um, but we, I mean, as I've gotten older, my responsibility levels changed. You know, before I was yeah. like, well, fuck it, just get me chicken. You know, that's all I want exactly. is chicken. We never questioned the 14 ounce, you know, chicken breast that came rolling <laughs> through the front door in a pack of randoms. We, wow, it's look at the fucking size science. of this thing, guys. Like we made fun of it, but we never questioned why, why it is it that, like that that fucking chicken breast is that big because we're putting yeah. all of the chemicals that are going into that product and then yep. we're eating that and it's going into our brain and our body and yeah. our and, and everything about us and then we wonder and, and this is such a cliche conversation but but and then we wonder why we've got dementia we've got alzheimer's we've got autism we've got massive learning disabilities that are happening on a daily yep. basis like there's some fucked up stuff there that again and i'm not going to go into the whole conspiracy theory or any of that stuff but right. Like we as chefs need to start saying, and the consumer has to start saying something as well. Like, why are you well, not questioning right. that you're getting 10 fucking chicken McNuggets for a dollar? I is, Listen, I, I have a funny story. One day I was at the restaurant and I was buying these beautiful chicken. I mean, these chickens were so beautiful. They were 50 to a pen, which by the way, chickens do like to stay close, not 300,000, but 50 <laughs> and they can jump in and out of these pens. Right. And he moved them three times a day and they ate the three clovers that he planted. Then they fertilized and they said it was good for the environment. They gave it back. And then at eight weeks when it was time to, you know, they had one bad day. These chickens had a good life. I'm, I'm insistent on that. Like, I'm not going to buy something that's not, that's stuck in a cage and uh, I can't. I also think we ingest that, that fear. Anyways, that's a whole nother thing. So this woman eats, orders the wings. Cause now, you know, of course we use every part of the chicken. Sure. So the, one of the servers comes in and says, Hey chef, I, I have this lady out there. She doesn't like the, the chicken wings. And, I'm, and I think they were like roasted with like lemon and rosemary. I mean, they were delicious. And so I go out and I'm like, so you don't like the wings. And she's like, you know what? They just... They taste too, okay, you ready? Chickeny. Yeah. Chickeny. Chickeny. Yeah. 
I, I almost started cracking up and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And then I was like, what do you mean? I mean, I, and I looked at her and I said, I think what you mean is maybe a little bit more gamey, a little bit more. I, I said, they taste like what chicken should taste like. Right. But then I sat with her and I was like, let me ask you a question. Where do you buy your chicken? And she's like, well, like the grocery store, like just you know, Tyson right. or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so that chicken is filled with antibiotics. It will taste like and saline. They just blow it up. So whatever you put sauce you put on it, that's what it's gonna taste like. And I was like, You're actually eating real chicken. Yeah. Exactly. Like nobody I don't people don't even know what real chicken tastes like. That's absurd. So when I left in my restaurant, my boss was like, you know, I was leaving and he was now kind of like, Woo, I love you, but I am I want this food cost down. I want shitty products. I mean he literally said that I want the cheapest chicken, I want the cheapest. So I talked to the food reps before I left and I was like listen I'm leaving so this is what he's looking for right I'm putting with the new chef and I was like and I said can you just send me some samples of stuff so he can see and I a chicken breast came in and I was like you're freaking kidding me you could get almost six chicken sandwiches out of one breast and that is disgusting yeah I agree. And nobody cares it's all about the money and well, it's just that's what this country it's all about the money right now it's all about the money so yeah, bad. It breaks my heart a little bit. Well, and it's also the fact that our government doesn't give as much of a care about us as human beings as they should. When you look at the products yep. that are being put into the chemicals and all the antibiotics and hormones that are being put into the the food that we eat with the fillers and everything else. In a lot of cases, it's not, these are, these are things that aren't even allowed in other countries. I know. You know, when I like, was oh, kid, fuck it. nobody was sick with gluten allergy. No, I mean, I know we all we all keep talking about this, but it's 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 not. And I think it is the consumer at this point. I mean, yes, we have a responsibility, but there's a lot of people out there who just aren't caring. Right. They're like, well, oh, what, whatever. It's easier for me because my day is so busy because I'm trying to make the almighty dollar because I'm running around crazy that it's easier for me to run into a grocery store and buy a frozen dinner or something prepackaged than it is to take the time. You know, when I was a kid, I mean, I sat around a table. We were forced to sit around the table and eat. And so I, a lot of this show that I'm doing is about that. Like the memories I have of walking into my home, it was like a warm blanket wrapped around me. There was always food cooking. It always smelled right. so good. My mother was a fantastic chef or cook. Right. And there's just something about that. No one does it anymore. And yes, it's technology and it's all of that. But there is a way, Brian, there's got to be a way to bring it back just a little bit. If people just simplified but, life a little bit and said, hey, put your boss down for one hour. The How about when you're in a restaurant, you're in there and you're watching people. They're not even eating. They're frigging on their phones. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I'm just as bad. You know what I mean? I'm just as bad. Yeah. I've got to get the picture. Yeah. I've got to get like, and there'll be a point. I'll walk away from that. I'm not ready to right now, but there are right. times. And I look at my girls as well. And I'm like, put your fucking phones away. I know. You know, like we're sitting at a table with 15 other people. Put your phones away. And, yeah. and I'm I mean, just I'm as bad. bad, but I'm not that bad. I forget. Like, you know, we were, and, and that sucks too, because when you're in the industry of television and food and when Instagram is so important, so it's hard because like we were doing the Navy things, I didn't stop to take pictures and there were people stopping and taking pictures and putting their phones down. But I felt, I sometimes feel that it's rude. And I'm like, I, I have a hard time between the game of, you know what? Because some of my friends I'm with, I'm like, can you like literally spend five minutes with me and like stop on your phone? 
Stop yeah. Instagramming, stop whatever, just a little while or take pictures and do it later. I don't know. There's just, it's, it's a lot. There's so many things that need to be false and it's kind of scary a little bit, but this, this whole Mary Stuart Masterson thing is like, you know, she grows a lot. She has this beautiful house up here in Tripoli and she has a huge garden and she's really into growing. So it's really cool because she loves food and she loves what's happening up here. And she loves the Hudson Valley. We're starting up here, but it's not like a Hudson Valley show. It's just made in Hudson Valley right now. And um, I don't know. I just think, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed and that's a lot of what the show's about. And it's really about how food makes people feel and it's self-discovery. So yeah. what, so then, I mean, and I ask people this all the time, we can sit here and talk and yeah. bitch and moan and do everything else about it. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what, what can we do about it at this point? Well, I think as chefs, we need to maybe see, and this is the other hard thing. I'd like to go around and educate people on this. But can I go into, can I just walk into schools unless someone knows you, right? Like the, I, there, I think that we need to start taking some sort of charge and going and going through the government. I mean, talking about our food, but you know, it's all the big dollars though, right? They're paying for everything. It's like gun control. Let's not get into it, but that's where all the money comes from. Yeah. So, you know, it was funny. I watched, I don't remember if I watched a documentary or was reading something about a guy was reading, um, it was about heart disease. And when he went onto the website of like heart disease, everything that you're not supposed to have or do was on there at eat things that you're not supposed to eat, but they were all in the, in, in the like recipes still. Well, what were the five? Hold on. Let me see what this was. Let me pull this up. Top five most addictive drugs. So what are the most addictive? Here are the top five most addictive drugs that are out there right now. So you're talking about, ready for this? Cocaine yeah. is number one. Yep. Heroin really? is number yep. two. Yep. Alcohol is number three. Nicotine is number four. And then number five is methamphetamine. Wow. Yeah. Alcohol. cocaine still number one? <laughs> that was it's, it's a rich man drug, baby. That's the rich man drug. I guess. I've, I've never done coke. Have you ever done coke? You don't have oh, to answer that on air. That's okay. I have done it. I have done it, and quite a bit actually. When I was young, in my twenties. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it was a thing. It was a thing to do. Get drunk and have a little baggie with you, or like work in a restaurant and like, how do I get through my seventeen-hour day? And then go out and then party. And then because right. I want some sort of life. So I want to have fun. I want to meet girls. I want to hang out. I want to let off steam. But I have to do another 17 hours tomorrow. And so it was that like that. Yeah, it was pretty wild know, when I was young. To be I never, ever, I never touched it. I didn't smoke weed. I smoked weed once when I was 14. And I didn't smoke again until I was like 38. See, I don't smoke weed. I and I weed. did, I have, but it gives me, I wish I loved it. It gives me anxiety. Gives me well, you got to find the right strain. That's the thing. I mean, that's what everyone says. But one time I ate two edibles, small. Well, that, what the fuck dollars. are you doing? What are you doing? Listen, they, they tasted so good. I know and they And I, I yelled to my friend, Richie, I can't feel my legs. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, doll, you're okay. I was like, no, this time it's different. So did you, you eat one? Like, go for did you eat one, not feel anything, eat another? They, the flavor was so good. I just felt like they were like little cheese <laughs> and I could not. <laughs> I had an I edible. I had an yeah. edible a couple of weeks ago and I had the shakes. Like I was like, well, I'm you not going to fucking eat that again. 
Well, because the yeah. thing is, is so, so the coolest part about the edibles these days is one is that the regulation of them. So if you're buying an edible from a reputable place, like I buy a lot of stuff in Colorado, I buy a lot of stuff in California, Washington, that sort of stuff. Plus I have a guy in Philly who's, who makes amazing edibles and his product is all super clean. So I know that right. he's not like throwing funky shit in there. He's, he just makes great chocolate bars, but I also know that I can eat one half of a square and that's five milligrams. Right. So for me, it's perfect. Like I know through that, that I can eat a little bit. The thing with gummies and what I've been, what I've experienced and what I've done that's a lot of research on. Well, so what gummies do is they're either sprayed or they're injected in oh. a lot of cases. So what happens is when you get a pack of gummies, especially if it's standing up, then the gummies up top aren't as potent as the gummies on the bottom. Now, yes, they've made massive strides moving forward and holding you with all that stuff. I don't, I, I have gummies right now that I just won't even touch because I right. can see because they're way too potent, right? Because I'm, I'm scared shitless of them. <laughs> but so there's a great app. It's called Leafly, L-E-A-F-L-Y. And if you yeah. get a chance, just look at it. Uh, here's me. Like, I'm fully going to turn you into a pothead. Um, nah. it, but it's one of those well, things. I have nothing that, to do today, so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> he's just going fine. You're going to go research weed? Um, yeah. There's uh, there's just different strains that are out there. Like I love a strain called Super Jack, and it's a great great strain. It's totally an upper. It's a sativa dominant strain, so it's got that. There's no there's no there's no anxiety. There's no you know paranoia. There's none of that stuff. It's just a really great kind of cerebral high. And the funny thing about it is it says like one of the, the characteristics of it is that you will want to do shit that you've never done before. I cleaned out my shredder. No for probably way. Four, five minutes. Like with tweezers. Okay, so see, I could totally deal with that. But again, I mean, you know, and that's one of the things is that the weed that we, the weed that I smoked when I was 14 and may, you were 16 at that point, that was a totally different weed than what's available right now. Like that shit was laced with something. It was fucked up. And I, think I know. That, I thought I was swallowing my tongue, and my friends were laughing at me. And I was like, "I'm serious. Something's wrong." I mean, I've had some moments, and then I never. I have never smoked weed since. And I'm gonna say that was probably God. I have to be like 25, maybe. Yeah, and that, I'm that, now 49. That's what happens to most people is there. No, I don't smoke weed because I got way too fucked up once. Well, there's a great yeah. video if you ever if you ever get a chance. It's called So. You've smoked too much weed and it's, it just kind of walks you through the high. It's really pretty funny, but, and, and so I've slowed down. Like, What'd you do all day? I'm mean, like weed. <laughs> smoked weed. Yeah. Well, you can't say you did weed because that's like your drug. I know. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, I, I did a, um, God. I did a dab the other night, which is yeah, like what? a dab where they put a, like, uh, it's, it's basically straight THC. And they take, in, in this case, they took a very large golden dildo-looking um, torch, and they lit the glass pipe, and then they put the dab or the shatter or whatever it's called inside of it. And I looked at my brother, and I was like, "Are you, this is like drug addict shit. Like, you're yeah. heating up a glass pipe, and then I'm like, this is fucking drug addict shit. Like, I just can't. How high are you? So I took one tiny little hit and I was, I was high, but I'll never do it again. Never do it again. Because yeah, it was the just, thing I don't like, which I don't like drugs that I don't have control over or they can't end when I want it to end. So like alcohol, you have control over alcohol. Yeah. I don't drink a lot. 
Um, really? I, and if I do drink a lot, then, you know, I, I hate hangovers. So my choice of drink is, well, I, I'll, if I go out to dinner, of course, I'll glass wine or two glasses. I'm an old-fashioned drinker. I love bourbon. Yeah, so did it's I. My, it's my drink of choice. Like, I, don't, I, don't I love it. Anymore. At all. You don't drink anymore? No, it's just not. It's not in my, it's not in my cards anymore. Well, I, you mean, know what? I think that's a good thing. I mean, I drink like once a month, maybe. I was filling out something the other day. We have a new sponsor for the show, and I was filling out one of the uh, like the questions that they have. They're like these supplements and all that stuff. And I was filling it out, and uh, it was saying like, "How many drink? Do you have five or more drinks a day?" And then I, I mean, was like, "Do you have?" Do that. I, but I mean, <laughs> could you think about that? Five fucking drinks every single day. No. And, and I did I it. I mean, we it. did it. Don't get me wrong. We did it seven nights a week when we were in the kitchens. You'd in go out and you'd have ten beers. Right. And shots and three shots. Yeah. How did we even like? If you think about how you survived, like I would suck down some major beers, and I would definitely pound like four or five shots of Jameson, like it was nothing, yeah. and be like, and and be standing totally fine. Now I'm like one old fashioned. I'm like, holy shit, I'm wasted. <laughs> We're so fucking. We're gonna call this, I know. this episode the old people episode. Oh, the old people, I mean, I don't even know where it came from. Or like my neighbor sometimes is like, hey, you want to come on for a drink? And I'm like, yeah, no. Nope. I'm like, I save it for an occasion. Like if I'm going to go out and I know I'm going to drink, then I'm going to then I'm gonna man up and I'm going to drink and I'm going to have more than one. And like, well, he's in. I'll drink. But like our chef party, I always disappear because everybody's fucking wild. And I'm like, people are like, where are you it's going, changed. chef? And I'm like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. It's changed it was a lot. wild last year. Was it really? Where at Jasper's yeah. at Summer Shack? No, at the club when Snoop Dogg was spinning. Oh, that was everyone... Snoop. I know, but was... still, I'm just saying everyone gets so freaking wasted. Like chefs are crazy. You have to be crazy in your head to do this. First of all, a little I bit. Come I agree. on. I agree. And so I find it when we go to these festivals, like they're pretty wild, and I always have to kind of scoot out on the outside. Like I'm like, yeah, I do love to gamble, though. So that's where you'll find me. I um, I'm an Irish goodbye guy. <laughs> What's an Irish goodbye guy? You're fucking kidding me! You know, an Irish goodbye is like you just kind of roll out. You don't even say anything to anybody. You just roll out. Oh, okay. Me too. I'm a. I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Goodbye. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just kind of because uh, turn around and walk. Yeah. See, that's good. I I feel like it's hard though. You know, it's like because you can't say goodbyes. I don't know why people don't understand that. Some people get mad. They're like, dude, what happened to you last night? And you're like, really? Because it would have been like 35 minutes to just yeah. say goodbye to everybody. So why not just leave? And like, we're adults now. It yeah. it shouldn't even matter. I'm I'm definitely big on the uh, I say yes to what I want and definitely no to what I don't without fucking like making an excuse. It always used to be make excuses or I'm so sorry I can't I can't now I'm just like no thanks. Nope, I was, don't want to do it. No. I was away a couple weeks ago, and I was in a bar, and this guy's like, yo, dude, do you party? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm no stranger. Like, you know, I I, I, I had a, that night I had a couple cocktails. Like, I was like, yeah, man, yeah. absolutely. And then he's like, uh, he's like, I got some great blow. And I was like, are, 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 what are you, fucking Don Johnson? I'm like, you have great blow? I'm like, what, what, what the fuck is this? No, no, you have any meth? Maybe I can. Maybe I could all of a sudden, at forirty-seven years old, decide oh that God. I want to lose some weight and be a fucking meth addict. Listen, like at I what point? You, I know. I, people are crazy. At one point in my life, and I, I'm not ashamed of this because when I was young, I did drugs. But I did a bump, which I thought was blow, and it wasn't. Oh, and it was fucking meth. 
get the fuck out of here. No, yeah, I was really pissed off. The guy didn't tell me. And it was a friend of mine who gave it to me. He was like, yo, I got some blow. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was waiting for it. So he's like, you want to bump? And I was like, yeah, I'm talking a little bump. And the next thing I know, I, it was at 10 o'clock at night. It's like 11.30 the next morning. I still couldn't sleep. I was so depressed. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I didn't fall asleep till 1 o'clock that afternoon. Right. The, from one tiny little bump. And when I saw him, I was like, you're fucking asshole why would you do that and he's like oh just it's all i could get and he was like laughing about it and i was like you know what man stay stay away from me like i i didn't associate with him after that and but oh, you don't know what you're getting like how about these people are putting fentanyl in everything yeah that's just not like, a world that i so i know it's fucking scary out there like what do you need like you know you your back hurts. Take a pain pill, and if God forbid a friend gave it to you, or you can't even take medicine. I mean, I have a bad back, and for a while there, I I was on medicine for it, but it wasn't like I was abusing it. I, they just work. You know, it was like five milligrams a day for. I had to get through work. When you work in a restaurant, you have bad back. That's another thing, right? It breaks down your freaking body. And I'm scared shitless of. I'm scared shitless of drugs. Dude, that's good. 100%. I just, because, I, you know, I mean, I say it to my girls all the time, but you're going to, you're going to try smoking weed. There's nothing that I can yeah. do to make that. I said, and there's going to be a point where somebody's going to say, Hey, try this, try this, or try this. I said, never put anything up your nose. Don't take a pill and don't ever put a fucking needle in your arm. Have, like, what I don't are you even thinking? understand how that's a thing. I don't I'm, know. Did you, I just watched the movie with Steve Carell. It was so good. Uh, beautiful boy. I didn't see that. Did you see it? Okay, it was so good. He was amazing. He should have won an Oscar, or should. And um, the kid was so good. I don't know the actor's name, but it was about drugs and how he was a meth. He was, you know, into meth, and it just, his whole life, it was so intense, this movie. I mean, it was not, like, for the week. Uh, right. just, but it was really, it's showing what's happening in this world today. It's like, there's so much bad in the world today that it's crazy. I'm, I'm constantly searching for all the good. I only want to be surrounded by good. So there's a, I don't know, there's that thing. That's also, you know, another thing. Like, I'm around people who just make me happy. My animals make me happy. My friends make me happy. And then, like, I go out there. It was, like, right before Christmas. And I, I did a video on this, too, because I, I, I got so upset. I let this woman go in front of me. She, lady, poor lady, was, like, 90 years old, right? She's pulling out of a gas station. There's a guy next to me on the right who's going to make a right-hand turn. And this lady was trying to get out. And she didn't go all the way. And the guy, the light changed so he could make a right. And he started laying on his horn. Oh, yeah. And this poor woman is, like, scared. Like, I thought she was going to have a heart attack. She's, like, looking like, I don't know what to do. And I literally pulled up. I looked at him. I go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. leave her alone. And why, where are you going? To make the light turn? You're going to scare the shit out of all late? Like, people are just mean. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. I don't get it. Do I? Neither do yeah, I. I. I have a hard time with it, man. Uh, it's just that, you know, that so I make the point to go out and like, let me lift the bag for you. Can I help you when some old man or, or anybody is carrying something heavy in a parking lot? I'm always yeah. asking someone, can I help you? Just for the help, because you know what? Someday I'm going to need that help. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice uh, to be nice. Yeah. Stuff. It's just weird. Uh, All right, Michelle Ragusas. All right, I babes. I say your name wrong every time. I know, it's regressive. That's all right. I, you throw me the big ragu. It's okay. I'll take it. I like big ragu. Well, see, I know. We, we're not many people know what that is. I know. But yeah, we're, we're not going back to the old people show. What was his name? Carmine Raguso? Ragu I, I think so. 
Was it Rigusso? Carmine Raguso. He was the big ragu. Yeah. What's his name? C A R M I N E R. Carmine Ragusa. R A G U S A. And he was yeah. Eddie Mecca. Eddie Mecca was his name. God, that's Eddie a long Mecca. time ago. Born in 1952. His biggest role was the big ragu on the sitcom Laverne and Shirley. My God, poor Laverne. She's dead. I know. Uh, I know. She's dead, John. He, he's Armenian. Oh, see, that's close. Close yeah, to the uh, Greeks. When was the last time he worked? So the last time that he worked was 2014 in a short film called Heaven Help Us. He was on The Young and the Restless. Okay. Yeah. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. You Never saw that show. No, because you don't have nope. kids. Okay. Right. All right, Michelle. Thanks. All right, Brian Duffy. I'm going to see you in two weeks. Three two weeks, weeks Mohegan Sun Sun Wine and Food Festival, one of my favorite events of the year. You're doing yeah. what? Are you doing? You're doing a private demo, aren't you, or something? I get I, so I'm doing a demo on Thursday on the concourse, just because I love Lindsay so much. So I'm going to do a demo there. She was and on the show. There's, oh, she was? She's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I she's love awesome. her. She's awesome. The best. Horrible. I love her. Yeah. The um, and then there's a new Coke stage this year, so I'm going to do a demo on that Coca-Cola stage. Um, on Saturday, and then the dine around, I am going to make you want to know my bite. I'll tell you. Go ahead. Tell me, tell me. I'll tell you real quick. All right, so I'm going to make a braised oxtail stuffed keo pepper with raisin jus, a lime cream, and shaved manchego. Yes. Damn. I am doing... Let me see. I have to find my email so I remember what I'm doing. I am making for my demo. I'm doing a New England Chipino, an updated version of my classic Italian dish: charred octopus, grilled shrimp, cockles, and mussels. I'm doing a lobster and gnocco frito, and then delicious. I know, and you know, I love my grilled cheese and soups. Well, that's what I was going to say. You better be doing a sandwich or two. I am. This is called the B for D, which is breakfast for dinner. Grilled cheese with a hash core. So I'm now a spokesperson for Lamb Weston. So I'm taking a hash brown and I'm going to kind of do some funky shit with it. I'm doing a duck confit, cheddar, and egg grilled cheese with a brunch potato chowder and a tomato bacon aioli. Hell yes. Yeah, it's going to be and fun. By the way, those fries are good. They're good. They do great stuff. Lamb and I, mean, I do. I they had, do great stuff. I was out in Washington in September, and they have great stuff. So, yeah, at the restaurant, I love their fries because it was the one thing I was like, "We are not making fries, not for a hundred twenty restaurant and drag shows all day, no fucking way." But uh, yeah. that was the one product that I bought, and they were good. All they right, have a bunch well, of different varieties. So. It's good. They do. I'll see you in a couple. I got time. Yeah, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I love you, babe. <laughs> I love Thanks it. Thanks for Do having me, me on. Real quick, tell yeah. me who you are. Tell me how we can get in contact with you. Michelle Ruggussis. You can contact me through mruggussis34 at Gmail if you need a fancy shop at your house. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram, Chef Michelle1L, Facebook, Michelle Ruggussis, and Twitter, same thing, Michelle Ruggussis. Love you, Mama. Thanks for hopping on. I love you, babe. I'll talk to you soon. Now, that is a woman who I love. Michelle has always uh, been just a great, great, great chick. And she's got a good insight into the world. And I love what she did. She kind of backed out of the craziness of being in the kitchens. And, you know, she's, she's building her own platform and doing her own thing right now. So it's really pretty cool. So um, if you get a chance, follow her. 
uh, on Instagram and all the other good places that you can go and check her out. She's a really, really good person and a great chef. Her food is really off the wall and out, you know out of the park and all the other stuff there. So um, pretty stoked to be able to hang out with her again in a couple weeks up at Mohegan Sun. If you guys want, tickets are still available. Come on up. Um, Bobby Flay, uh, Aron Sanchez, Michelle Ragusas, myself, Chris Coombs, Kev D, Eddie G, Comp, you know, Chef Plum, a bunch of really, really good people are going to be up there. Jason Santos is there. Rocco Despirito ends up up there. There's a lot of really good people. Todd English could hit on you while you're there if you wanted him to. Um, it's a good event, man. It's a really, really neat event. A lot of really awesome stuff that happens up there. So everybody check it out. It's the Mohegan Sun Wine Festival that goes on the last weekend in January. Um, so get up there, check it out, have some fun, and have a couple of cocktails with us. I will have a couple of drinks that weekend. I know I said I don't drink that much. I really don't. But I will have a couple of cocktails with the boys that weekend. So everybody do me a favor. Check it out. And while we're at it, I want to thank three pretty awesome people. I want to thank the boys at RadioInfluence.com. Guys, go check out their podcasts. They do 22 podcasts right now. Go and check them out. Uh, Maggie Gagliardi, who does every single one of our illustrations. She's awesome. Our promo pieces. Wonderful, brilliant woman. I'll see her up in Connecticut in a couple weeks as well. And then to top that off, we've got Michelle out there at Techno Solution. Does all our website stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'll talk to you later. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill Quick Fix on Radio Influence. You know, I, I can't stress this enough, and I've said it countless times, countless times, countless times. When somebody doesn't want to go to jail, they will fight the police. They will assault the police. They will downright kill the police. And that's what happened here with this officer, Officer Joseph Shiners. He was only 29 years old. He had been with the department for three years, uh, survived by a wife and a young son. Now, that's not the way, of course, they wanted to start their year by losing their husband, their father, their provider. Uh, so if this is any indication of where we're going this year with police officers being killed in the line of duty. If we're already off to a quick start, in my opinion, that's a quick start, then we are in for a world of trouble. And that's why I always say nothing is routine in policing. Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.